Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. And <clears throat> this is our podcast. <clears throat> and this podcast is ours, which is to say this podcast, <clears throat> which is ours, is our podcast, which belongs to us. And this is how it goes. <clears throat> How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Ann Elk. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, you know what we're going to talk about on our podcast today? What? Blood, devastation, death, war, and horror. (laughs) Wait, isn't that every podcast? Well, I don't know about every, but it seems to be a pretty frequent thing. <laughs> it's a recurring motif. <laughs> there you go. It's a running gag. <laughs> Who else does running gags? <laughs> Monty Python. <laughs> I kind of wonder when you said, oh, I know what you're going to do. Is it from episode five? I'm like, oh, well, fuck it. I know. <laughs> or four. Yeah, whatever. Or, yeah, episode four. <laughs> Uh, there it is yeah 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 <laughs> so yes <laughs> all right between the two of us if you haven't worked this out yeah welcome back to our monty python series three arc arc <laughs> what does a dog with a lisp say arc, arc, arc. Arc. <laughs> yeah so series three okay so when we do these we obviously talk about the episodes uh-huh but then we talk about the history of the pythons. Uh-huh. And series one, we talked about what happened as they created Python, the, the flying circus. Yeah. Series two, then we jumped back ha! and <laughs> talked about what they were doing between university and forming Python. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now in series three, we've been talking about what they're doing during university. Yeah. And then series four, we'll go back and get their uh, childhood. Yeah kind of a both it fit well because in series one we want to talk about what how they formed it and then mm-hmm. we thought you know fuck it we'll do the python thing and go backwards yeah screw chronological time <laughs> <laughs> chronos looks at you with disgust Too bad <laughs> <laughs> better chronos than thanatos <laughs> Uh, maybe <laughs> never mind i ooh, i got a cold chill i'm sorry <laughs> all right so before we begin the actual things uh-huh uh you still having water i i am yes right? the good choice i by the way have been drinking a little less over the past week and a half because i realized i was drinking a bit too much there and i mean what i back down to is probably a normal functional alcohol <laughs> all right so I, I have a semi money python themed beer okay so the where's waldo books right yeah yeah you try to find waldo and waldo mm-hmm. is trying not to be seen so i'm having lagunitas is the waldo special okay I, that i saw it in the fridge before we started i'm like yeah i kind of want it there's a semi three or four deep purple black sabbath connection in there (laughs) (laughs) which by the way i am working on the second episode of that oh boy we're gonna play stump the day (laughs) (laughs) well with my swiss cheese brain i'm probably not as good at this as i used to be (laughs) say that but these are the things you do remember (laughs) (laughs) and by the way, Stump the Dave is not a euphemism for bing, 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 bing. Thanks for pointing that out. Well, all right. So uh, last series three arc, we talked about Idol, Cleese, and Chapman. Yeah. And it took a while because I had a lot. But this time on Gilliam, Jones, and Palin, I really don't have all that much. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, I, then, so this will probably be three or four episodes. And then I've got things about how they came to America at this time and the background of the recording of series three. And we'll kind of split those up as we need to. Okay. So be ready for those. All right. But pick a number between one and two inclusive. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.7. 1.
what it is. <laughs> I, I don't round, I truncate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will go with Gilliam. The ah, one. the American boy. <laughs> the American boy. <laughs> Gilliam went to Occidental College, which is called the Princeton of the West. Uh, so it's not quite as snooty as Cambridge or Oxford, where the other pythons went. Right. Did have some similar attributes. Buildings. And... <laughs> <laughs> you want to guess what his first major was? Uh, journalism. Physics. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not even remotely correct, but I would not have guessed physics either. <laughs> no. <laughs> First major was physics, and he's like, eh, no. And then he went over to the fine arts. Good decision. It was, but actually, then he went to a third major because it was an easy course load, so he could do his own things, which had to do with theater and drawing and everything. So he ended up with a political science degree. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'll say when I was in college for my by my undergraduate, I, you know, I majored in math, kept it all you the way could, through. Yes, but my minor, I, I went back and forth on several things. You know, I tried PE because it's kind of cool, but one credit hour classes were going to take forever, and I think I had biology for a, half a semester, and I think I was going to do a foreign language, and I ended up with uh, oh philosophy. I thought if I ended up with psychology because I realized, hey, look. I've done two of these. I only need three more. <laughs> Which was dumb because you know what a miner does? Uh, they mine. <laughs> they do. They mine and they mine in the saddest of all keys. <laughs> a, a college miner probably does jack shit. <laughs> a college miner does jack shit, but I want to be both pissed and in awe of you for your response. <laughs> so yeah, so you went to political science. Uh, he did still did a lot of designing costumes for theater performances and even did basic roles, which he was sort of his Python thing too, was just basic little roles occasionally. Yeah, just to get him on screen. Yep. And he, in his senior year, he went to the art and poetry magazine called Fang. Because we mentioned that in the nobody expected the Spanish Inquisition. Because he was Cardinal Fang. He was Cardinal Fang, which was the name of the magazine he did at Occidental College. Awesome. And he modeled it off of Help Magazine, which, as we discussed in a previous episode, he ended up working at. Yes, he did. Uh, other than that, actually, my other two notes on Gilliam are kind of not even necessarily specific to either college or him but it fits well here okay and one of them i know i've mentioned but here's a little more information on it uh, gilliam married the python makeup person maggie weston yep in yep. 1973 and at least when i read his autobiography and checked online when i made these notes three years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah two and a half yeah two and a half years ago they still were uh, so i'm assuming they still are and uh, in his autobiography, he talked about loving to do theater-type makeup, so it's not a shock that he married a makeup artist. True. Yeah, that would make sense. And there's the crossover with this theater makeup and she. Yeah. And all the Python biographies I've read, all of them, kind of talk about this, but I've got it in Gilliam's because he really talked about it. All of them were late sexual bloomers because none of them really became sexual until their early to mid-20s. And be, on behalf of all of the others of us who lost our virginity after high school, we relate to the Pythons. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Thank you again, Heather. <laughs> I'm waiting for her. I know she's listened to a few of these. I'm waiting for her to listen to the one where I call her out, see what she says. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to move on to Jones and Palin? Yes. All right. They actually go together uh, in my notes because between mostly going off of biographies instead of autobiographies and Palin's diary notes and everything. Like they, they don't have their own autobiographies, really. Hmm. So I lumped them together because they were very close. 
Okay. Uh, at university, Terry was a year older than Michael and was doing serious theater. Like Palin, he had a friend who got him the cabaret, which we had mentioned in the last series three episode. And that is where he and Palin started to become friends. Okay. At Oxford, because remember, there's the Cambridge group we talked about last time. Right. And then the Oxford group here. Jones designed covers of Isis magazine, partially explaining his approval of Gilliam's flow animations. Okay. Uh, Palin's dad, slightly cantankerous, gave him a plastic dog turd when he was accepted to Oxford. That that, that just fits for some reason. <laughs> Does. Oh, wow. I've got a Cleese note in here. I'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to move that sentence up. All right. Uh, but Jones found Oxford daunting at first, uh, but no one is really all that intelligent after all, at least not more than anyone else for the most part. Right. Uh, yeah, because he kind of talks about being intimidated because, oh, I'm at Oxford. Am I really belong? Do I belong here? Are these people smart? And, you know, that what's that called? Um, imposter syndrome? I think so, yeah. Yeah, where if you're a fucking moron and you think you, it's because, you know, if you know everything and you think you know everything, you're probably a fucking moron because you don't. Right. People who know shit realize they know shit, but also don't know shit. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, fuck, do I really know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I felt Jones all the time. Yep. Wise man admits his ignorance. Yeah. And a wise man with a good ego admits his ignorance when he doesn't know and is a cocky motherfucker. When he... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Palin studied at night, but wrote sketches for cabaret during the day with his friend Robert Hewison, who I am 100% sure we mentioned in the Series 1 arc, but that has now been a year, two two years. <laughs> yep. But I, I am 100% sure that he has been mentioned. I think so, yeah. So, yeah, go back, listen to that. Uh, and Palin thought cabaret was naughty stuff until Oxford. And mm. Honestly, I was confused with what cabaret was too. Like, you know, when I was a young kid, I thought cabaret and strip clubs were pretty much the same thing. No, <laughs> they're not. No. <laughs> uh, Jones was in a different college at Oxford. And remember, Oxford University, which means colleges were different. Now, mm-hmm. uh, but he, although at a different college than Palin, uh, he was in theater and palin said he saw this dark intense figure with a cigarette and an old coat he wore all the time and drove a vespa <laughs> uh, but robert hewison who just mentioned and mentioned two years ago yes pushed palin to work with jones and to stay in performing and the three of them did work together for a while palin and jones mostly wrote together but didn't perform much together at first and i am finished Oh, wait, here we go. Nope, nope. I have two notes that should have went above. (laughs) In the last episode? (laughs) In the last episode, and then one note that ties it together. (laughs) Ah, okay. As long as you get a note that ties it together, I guess. Well, ties last episode and this episode, not my heirs. Okay. (laughs) So that is what I have until I kind of tie a couple things together for Jones and Palin. Okay but I did miss that Cleese's dad wanted him to be a chartered accountant. (laughs) Yes. And Cleese actually called this bougie. Well, that would be our modern term. He called it bourgeois. Mm -hmm. So even the most conservative of pythons called being a chartered accountant bougie. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Idol's first piece at Cambridge at a Cambridge smoker was written by Cleese who couldn't be there. They had met just after he performed it. Ah, okay. And that was the BBC BC. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would have fit way better last episode. (laughs) (laughs) But to tie it together, Oxford did do similar reviews like the Cambridge Smoker. Mm -hmm. And they did go to the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. One of which is where Palin first met Idol. And at this point they all started seeing each other at each other's reviews so they didn't really work together much outside of their universities but they started to see each other's work cool 
And that's how it's tied together. Yay! Golf clap. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And now for something completely different. Notes that fit where they're supposed to go. (laughs) All right. Uh, But yeah, that's it. Um, You know, coming up, we'll do background things and coming to America things. And that's not the Eddie Murphy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm ready to do some episode stuff if you are my good sir. I I am. All right. And episode four. We already gave the title of. Well, you gave the title. Of. I Yes, I did. <laughs> Shall I repeat it? <laughs> well, if you're going to split hairs, I'm going to piss off. <laughs> that, that is the first sketch of episode four blood devastation death war and horror (laughs) although the pythons had no official title yes that is the title everybody goes by yeah uh see sharing the brain helps because we can lead each other where we needs to go (laughs) (laughs) that was yeah yeah uh (laughs) yeah uh such a such a good episode Oh yes, starts with the man who speaks in anagrams, which is which is where James's line just came from. Well, because he goes from anagrams to shit, um, backwards or spoon, spoonerism or something. Spoonerisms, ads. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Written by Idol, opening. So yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. good. I, I actually I don't know if I have much else other than that little piece. Oh, I I mean, I could just give some random notes off of this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, if we're going to go in order, then uh, the when they did the uh, opening sequence, the title was in Anagram. And as was when we get to the Cleese's banker character that comes after is yes. Chamron Nebster, which is an Anagram for Merchant Bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which is one of my notes, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and the anagram thing was kind of a running gag throughout the whole episode. Well, as Jody mentioned, huge on your mom and running gags. Yeah. I had a note on, on the merchant banker that Jones Jones comes in asking for a donation for orphans. And uh, Cleese's character doesn't understand the concept, but is in, intrigued by asking people in the street for money. <laughs> because he's assuming he gets to keep it (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and somewhere in here there was also a callback to uh uh neural's in in jarl's saga (laughs) from one of the previous episodes yeah i don't have that in my notes but yeah i just i just happened to jot something down about that if I go to my second beer, by the way, for this episode, it will be a Eric the Blood Axe Mead. Uh, appropriate, appropriate. I've got a note on pantomime horses, but I can't read all of it. So, yeah, I, I guess I said I had nothing on pantomime horses, but throughout this whole series, I'm going to have more notes on those because yeah. pantomime things, horses and geese and Princess Margaret. And that, that is my note that I could not read. Princess ah so yeah i, I the, the, in, in addition to the pantomime horses there was princess margaret and the pantomime duck pantomime princess margaret i should say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they have all sorts of recurring gags and pantomime things in this series is one of them <laughs> yeah next one uh yeah yeah the wolf struggles but to no avail <laughs> will soon be dead within years uh, what's the skit uh, sketch uh, struggles of life and death yeah it's good i like it but i love when they talk about an ant because you don't see the ant you just see a little arrow pointing yeah. at the throat of a wolf who's just standing there and the ant has the wolf and the wolf's making absolutely no yeah. <laughs> movement is like what <laughs> I, I don't know i found that that sketch is good but that particular scene of the sketch i thought was hilarious yes the animation is up next I liked it. I thought it was uh, rather yeah. hilarious. The the house hunters. <laughs> and, the, and the monster houses that they're hunting. And then the carlots that were needed in England at the time. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Context is always useful. Yes. 
in the, the Mary recruitment office, again, playing on the anagram because it's supposed to be army. <laughs> favorite part of that is where it's misspelled on the outside and you're assuming they're going to leave it because it's anagram things. And then the recruiter actually looks odd and goes out and fixes it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't actually have, I mean, the man who makes people laugh uncontrollably is a hilariously sad or sadly hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, um, who is it? It's Jones that plays that character, right? Yeah. Jones who just makes people laugh no matter what he says, even though he's yeah, in a really just, bad state. Yeah. Normal, normal dialogue. And, but Palin is his boss and he has to fire him because nobody else can get any work done. Cause they're laughing every time he speaks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See you like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to stay on a little bit longer. The wife is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's when he says sad stuff like that. He just cracks up even more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't have any more notes until the very last step uh, sketch. So whatever. Um, I, yeah, we can we can kind of go on to that. Um, so the last sketch, or at least the, what I have in my notes, is the pantomime horse is a secret agent. Yes, and it's just a James Bond spoof. Or. Huh. Funny how we recorded a Bond episode earlier tonight. <laughs> That's funny, but not the man who right. laugh, makes people laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I like it because, well, it's the, the credits start running. The pantomime Princess Margaret comes back. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> the, the end credits are all anagrams. Yeah, yeah. At the, at the end, it doesn't say the end. It says Ethned. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, the, um, the, the news uh, with Richard Baker, going back a little bit, that was one of the earlier sketches. That's because at the end. They do these little pauses and they yeah. do a, a hand. You can't see us, but they do a hand gesture. Yes. And, and Richard Baker was a BBC uh, news reporter, whatever. Um, guy at the news desk yeah news reporter newscaster yeah and yeah so i what what they did in the earlier sketch with him was they they had him reading the news but you didn't hear him what you heard were um it was like idol and palin i think i don't remember exactly who but they they were talking over him as bbc voiceover guys (laughs) (laughs) them things yeah so, but yeah, yeah. When he did that, when, when they, he would do the pause, he would do the, you know, the hand gestures. That was. Because <laughs> so. the next one, when we're done with four, is the one I have. Eh, I'm, I'm done with four and I've got notes on the back of my page. So <laughs> on episode five. Holy crap. Joe, he's got notes on two pages. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> episode five, the all England summarized Proust competition. Yep. This may be one of my favorite bizarre. Okay, so when I watched this as a teenager, or whenever preteen teenager, you know, whenever I first saw it, I had no fucking idea who Proust was. Right. Honestly, I still only have a vague idea. <laughs> I yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> but when I saw this, even though I had no idea who the fuck he was, mm-hmm. I thought this was hilarious. This episode doesn't start with the opening credits, right? I don't remember. I make notes in kind of odd ways, um, but my, I, mean, I don't, yeah, I don't have it. I don't see anything on here about the opening credits. I don't, um, I, I just, I, I want to mention that because we will talk about credits here in a second. <laughs> cool. and, and, and we have before that yeah. sometimes they do it right away, but usually they do one open. Sometimes yeah. the credits don't come in until, 15 minutes into the 30 minute episode and sometimes the opening credits are at the end <laughs> after sometimes, the ending credits <laughs> after the end sometimes the ending credits are 15 minutes in and then they do another 15 minutes of show yeah <laughs> why do we love this <laughs> that's why <laughs> anyway let's move on with the all england sunrise browser <laughs> <laughs> yes let's get back to monty python <laughs> right. so i have just a few notes in general with a bit of context, but actually for this first one, do you have, do you have much on the first sketch? The Proust? <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I wanted to talk about Graham's character, Graham Chapman's character. Yeah. 
and um, what the BBC did with the dialogue when this originally aired. Okay, let's do that last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I've got something small in that. Okay. Uh, but I found it hilarious that they talk about doing it once in swimwear and once in evening dress. Yeah. <laughs> when they're just trying to summarize Proust, who is, uh, let's just say author and be done. Yeah. And yes, I, my note actually says Graham Chapman does such good, intense characters. Yes, he does. Um, and they have to summarize, like, what, what was it, like all of his works in 30 seconds? I had to summarize all of Proust's works in 30 seconds, starting within a certain range. And the first one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember the first one is because I don't know Proust very well. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he, did, he doesn't even get through the first, the first thing, right? No, no. I don't think any of them got through the first thing. So, of course, that means they're going to award first prize to who? The girl with the biggest tits. <laughs> <laughs> and emphasizing how things have changed from 1972 to 2022 well here's here's the thing though in 1972 on the bbc you could say tits <laughs> i don't know if you can still say that in america without having it be like one of the streaming channels you have to pay extra for <laughs> i yeah i i mean you i i do know you can call somebody a dick on the air in america now you're calling them a penis. I mean, that's the whole point of calling somebody a dick. Yeah. But you can't say, wow, she's got bonzo tits. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I have except for, and please, I'll put the pint to my face. Okay. So uh, Graham Chapman's character is the first one up in the competition. When he is asked his hobbies, he lists strangling young animals, golf, and masturbation. The BBC censors made them cut the audio for the word masturbation but not strangling animals exactly now and, and and for years it was left that way with that with with the audio cut out for the word masturbation since the series has been remastered as available on blu-ray and is streaming on netflix the audio has been restored <laughs> So obviously the word masturbation is back in, <laughs> but, but that, but that was just it. They cut the audio. You could still read his lips and see him say the word masturbation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like, what the hell? What was the point? <laughs> and and it, it, it steps on the, the punchline for that because he goes, yes, strangling animals, golf and masturbating. And people kind of have this weird reaction. And Jones goes, oh, well, golf's not very popular around here. <laughs> Between jacking off and killing animals with your bare hands, golf, golf's the thing that bothered everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, I just stepped on that punchline like the BBC. <laughs> uh, shit. Hey, you know what was after this sketch? Okay. Or do you have more on this sketch? No, but I just want to reiterate that the very last thing they say is awarding first prize to the girl with the biggest tits. And then they, she comes out and they have all the glitter and shit come down and she gets the award. Yes. And then they run the end credits. <laughs> they, they run the end credits, <laughs> which is hilarious. Was this where they started doing start again? And then <laughs> they go from that to showing Mount Everett. Well, they start showing mountains. Yes. Where they say the mountain with the biggest tits in the world. <laughs> and then you hear a bong and they say, start again. Yep. <laughs> Hairdressers climb up Mount Everest. <laughs> which, which is hilarious. Yes. It is a very foofy, poofy, oh, sailor type yeah. of hairdresser guys climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. My next thing has to do with 20th century frog, a magnificent festering, because I found that term hilarious. That is hilarious. It is a hilarious term. I don't have anything on that sketch. Right, and then they go to Chapman as an African warrior, and we have discussed blackface in the last episode. Yeah. Um, that was, that's the fire brigade thing, right? Fire brigade. That, that starts another running gag in this episode with everybody 
being asked what their shoe size is over the <laughs> phone. <laughs> Everybody has to take their shoe off and give their size. Yeah. And you don't know if big or small is good or if they just have to do it. Yeah. Okay. But you mentioned Graham Chapman being in blackface. He's not wearing shoes. So when he is handed the phone, he has to, he looks at the bottom of his foot and his, the, the shoe size is literally written on the bottom of his foot. <laughs> See, that, that was hilarious. Hilarity. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yes. But what was funny about that was he walks in in, in blackface as an African warrior, but the the parents and with a with a with a um whatever his accent was but his parents were they were they were caucasian just white white english yeah british yeah yeah and but i i had a question though i i I marked this down um the the father's name was uh, played by cleese was was mervin didn't he come kind of come across as a gumby huh never thought about it yeah that's what i I, my note is is mervin a gumby (laughs) because that's just that's kind of the way he came across but he's he's not wearing the the glasses and the the handkerchief on his head so and the the gum boots and yeah right yeah he's 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 not dressed up like one but he kind of kind of acts like one. he talks like one let's put it that way a little bit yeah and i would like to say although chapman is dressed as an african warrior he is asked how is it in dublin yes he is yeah repeatedly repeatedly and any and and, you know i looked this up because i was curious now i looked it up now i you know 40 years ago when i first watched this 20 30 40 i wouldn't have cared i just thought it was hilarious because he does have an odd accent that's not british it's not irish but it's not african exactly i'm not sure what chapman's fucking (laughs) (laughs) but obviously he's a son of white british people although he's a black african warrior who is in dublin and he's either a politician or a lawyer because he starts talking about (laughs) the constitution and amendments yeah so i looked it up okay third amendment of the constitution act 1972 is an amendment to the constitution of ireland that permitted the state to join the european communities which would later become the european european Union. union yeah and provided that European community law would take precedence over the Constitution and was approved by referendum on the 10th of May, 1972, signed into law by the President of Ireland, Eamon de, de, la, de Valeria, which who I've read a lot about. Anyway, on the 8th of June of the same year, and that is what they meant. <laughs> and I'm going to take a drink because we have talked about other things between Monty Python and Zeppelin and... Yes. And, Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and all these things about the European Union. Drink time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, while you're taking the drink, I'll just say that like the the, the fire brigade sketch that starts this, it's one of three sketches that are connected that that, they just run back to back to back. Um, Well, because uh, Chapman's character was what? Eamon. So it's, it's fire brigade. Our Eamon. Which goes, by the way, with the name of the, the Irish uh, president, Eamon yeah. de Valeria. Yeah, that's 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 what part of what made me think of that. <laughs> and then the, the next sketch was Party Hints with Veronica Smalls, which I think is uh, probably a spoof of an actual program. I could see I'd that. Like it. But the fire brigade from the first of those three sketches shows up in the party hints sketch and they continue the 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 shoe size gag (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's all i've got on those right i have one on the next one called language laboratory okay which i the the skit skit whatever i i we go back and forth and i'm not sure which like to call it um the sketch itself is funny Mm -hmm. and i like the beginning but at the very end of it is uh, superimposed the caption of Sandy Wilson's version of the devils. And okay, what yeah. it shows is all So it's a language laboratory where it shows like a bunch of cubicles and people trying to help people with languages and mm-hmm. terms and context and names and word. But then at the end, all of a sudden, everybody starts singing the song and it is very much 
but two years prior to Blazing Saddles, <laughs> uh, yeah. a bunch of, well, gay men singing and dancing. Yeah. When I see it, because of our age, I always think of Blazing Saddles. Push out your hand, stick out your tush. Yeah. You're doing the French mistake. Ooh, nah. and, <laughs> but you know, things like this, okay, and I know our listeners kind of cover the political spectrum. I could give a rat's ass what you do with your genitalia as long right. as you don't make me do whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, I, and things like this and things like Blazing Saddles are like, you know, it's different. I am not a poofta. Right. But I don't give a shit if you are. Just uh, Exactly, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. also know Sandy Wilson and like during this whole time there was a big thing of this type of dancing and singing with gay men yeah but that, that's that's what i have on this okay they did another start again thing in there too didn't they probably yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a note about that <laughs> <laughs> well because the, the next one was travel agent which was written by cleese chapman and idol cleese and chapman are not in it idol is yeah idol palin and cleveland yeah yeah carol cleveland yeah because um Palin's the travel agent and Idol walks in wanting to take a trip and Cleveland is working the, uh, she's the receptionist. One of the things she says to uh, Idol as he walks in is, do you want to go upstairs? My note on that, by the way. Uh-huh. So Idol, of course, is caught off guard and he's like, what? She goes, oh, never mind. Yeah. My note is, if Carol Cleveland asks if you want to go upstairs. You go upstairs. You go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Idol's character's name? Is Mr. Smokes Too Much? Better come back then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Better yeah. Come smokes Too Much. You know, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah. An idol going on and on. Yes. And on. He is, that's his forte. He is so good. Yes. That, that, that technically is the next sketch. When Idol starts his rant, that is Watney's Red Barrel. That is the next sketch. <laughs> and Palin, of course, is trying to stop him and he winds up calling the police and they continue the phone, the, the thing with the shoe over the phone thing. And then Carol Cleveland goes, Come down this way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and going back to what you said earlier about if she asks you want to go upstairs, you follow her down the hallway. <laughs> Because when Carol Cleveland says, follow me, you follow Carol Cleveland. <laughs> That's right. Now, I don't care if it's 1972 or 2022. <laughs> and that is where, of course, we get the Anelks theory on brontosauruses. Yes. And this is why Chapman and Cleese were not in the travel agent sketch <laughs> that they wrote. <laughs> they wrote this one and starred. Yes. Anelks theory on brontosauruses. Yes, this is my theory and my theory. This is the theory that is mine. It is my theory. <laughs> Brontosauruses are small at the top and get big in the middle and small again at the end. And that is my theory. Yes. <laughs> it takes her so long to get there. Ahem, ahem, <laughs> this is ahem, my ahem, 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 theory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and while Cleese in the role of Ann Elk is going on like this, the phone rings on set. And Chapman picks it up, and they do the shoe gag again. And Cleese, as Ann keeps talking, <laughs> yeah, keeps talking. And and somewhere in there, you find out that Idol is still at the travel agency on his rant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have on episode. That's one. that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, because they already did the end credits. They did. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, so the next episode was the war against pornography. So Jody, yes, you know who Deep Purple is, right? I, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the episode where we talked about Mary Whitehouse? I do. I do remember that episode. That very much seems to be in line with the Tory Housewives cleanup campaign, which is the first <laughs> sketch. <laughs> yep. I I really don't have much else on that other than the episode title the war against pornography and knowing who mary whitehouse is pretty yeah. much <laughs> yeah the tory tory housewives cleanup campaign pretty much makes fun of all that I, so yeah. that's what i have on it but. yeah uh, i actually didn't have any notes on it um 
the only other thing I can say is that following that sketch are the opening is the opening sequence and 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 the sketch after the opening sequence is one of my favorites of theirs very good yes the only note i have is that it's classic to me it's the funniest gumby sketch they did it's the gumby brain specialist huh you know i don't think it's my favorite gumby but the gumby sketches all of them are towards the top for me oh yeah <laughs> and, and and this is where we get the catchphrase my brain hurts. My brain hurts. What? I just, I don't even want to describe the sketch. This is one you have to watch. <laughs> it is. And, and I think all I will add to that is all the pythons do a good Gumby, but I think Michael Palin is the best Gumby. I would not argue with that. Well, I wouldn't argue with any of them because they're all good. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, by the way, yes. Cody, yes. there's a man at the door with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I already have one. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> That's the next sketch, by the way, the Mollusks uh, live TV documentary. <laughs> the Mollusk is a randy little fellow. <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> okay, so I, I noticed, I made a note about this. I noticed that there is a running gag, and we may have actually mentioned this already. There is a running gag throughout the entire flying circus, going back to season or series one. They'll, they'll show a housewife, and, and in this sketch, they're dressed up like like Jones. Jones was the husband. He's in a, a tux, and yeah, yeah, and, and Chapman was Chapman was the wife. Yeah, yeah, and you know, in in a in a ball gown and. Yeah. Well, they, they, it's kind of like they're going to a dance competition because he had a, a number sign. Yeah. She actually had the number in marker on her back. Yeah. They're, they're sitting on the couch watching TV and she's stuffing a chicken. <laughs> I mean, just sitting there stuffing a chicken. Wow, I never thought of that. It's hilarious. It's, but It is in multiple sketches throughout the entire run of the show. Not just this series three, but Series one and two, I know. And I think in, you even see it in series four. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes they're stuffing it with, you know, like stuffed animals that are supposed to be like a dead cat or something. And they're stuffing it in there. <laughs> I mean, it's just. <laughs> no, but but I, it, yeah, I made a note because I caught it. So. Nice. By the way, I do like this episode, but I don't think I have anything until Gilliam's animation. That's the next one, isn't it? Is it? Is that the report on minister reports in Tuesday documentary? Well, he had that. There was the animation with the, um, the, the pacifier. Okay. That's my next. Okay. It is. Yeah. yeah I just, <laughs> my note is the baby pacifier sketch is quite Jamesian, Lovecraftian, Poish, etc. Yes, it is. It is one of the most disturbingly, awesomely funny. <laughs> I mean, Gilliam. He has other sketches that are way more surreal, cerebral, bizarre, but this one is one of, and probably the top five horrific. Yes. You should and watch hilarious. it. it. And hilarious. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I don't know where I'm at here in the list, but I would like to say there is no cannibalism in the British Navy. And by none, I mean a certain bit. <laughs> uh, that's a little later, but yeah. <laughs> You jump back and do whatever you need to do. That's my next note. Um, I just, uh, the, the report on the minister reports leads into the Tuesday documentary sketch, which leads into the children's story, story children's story, children's story sketch. <laughs> I um, still scored children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which may not actually be a children's story. <laughs> what? The Python um, will do that? Yeah. Rumpel um, teaser. Runs a contraceptive stand by yeah. <laughs> match of the day sketch. I didn't have any notes on. It's funny. It's hilarious, yeah. but it's yeah. What you have to watch that one. Yeah. An apology. My only note on that was that it was pretty accurate regarding politicians. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Just watch that too. You can even Google that and 100% accurate. Yes. I don't remember how to pronounce the name of the lake, but the next, the next sketch is the one James just mentioned. Pajo? The, Pajo, yeah. Expedition to Lake Pajo, led by Sir, and okay, 
I think we mentioned this actress earlier. Or no, 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 we didn't. We didn't. It was a similar name. That's led by Sir Jane Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jane Seymour, right? That we mentioned earlier. Yeah, it was Jane Seymour we mentioned earlier. So I do you want my note on this? Because it's a little, kind of a long one, but oh yeah, yeah. I have nothing. Okay. Say, uh, well, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, so all of the male naval officers of, of the well, that's gonna be redundant. <laughs> At the time, yes. <laughs> I, well, I didn't. Okay, N- naval was not in my note. So, uh, all of the all of the male in parentheses officers of the Royal Navy are named after famous actresses. While every time the camera cuts back to John Cleese, who's the who's the reporter, they've added more pirate garb, including a peg leg and a stuffed parrot on his shoulder at one point that's right it just becomes less naval and more piratical yes um the officers become more and more hippie like that leads into the hippie royal navy ad and i love which that was animation. another animation <laughs> which we, that was that was awesome i guess terry jones takes over as the interviewer after cleese is shot with a dart so they can get rid of him also though there's no cannibalism in the royal navy and necrophilia is right out. <laughs> Going back to the thing you said earlier. <laughs> and, and then it pans off to the side and you see somebody nibbling on a leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I just, I don't really have anything after those. Uh, the last two sketches are the silliest interview we've ever had, which leads to the silliest sketch we've ever done. Shall we stop it? Yeah, all right. <laughs> if we would have stopped the episode here, I actually have a little note that says... This is the silliest episode we've ever done. Should we stop it? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, so you want to do the uh, salad days next? You know, yeah, because the intro, like the college things for the two weren't all that long. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's do one more if you're up for it. Yeah. Okay. So episode seven, Sam Peckinpah's salad days. Yeah. I have a few notes on what all that means when we get to that sketch. Ah, okay. Yeah. This- that's at the end <laughs> but i do like that they add a nude quartet to the intro to go with the nude organist yes who by the way he's dressed when he comes out and sits down <laughs> and then clothes ripped off <laughs> yeah yeah they've got a they, they, the clothes are on a wire and it just <laughs> they tear away and ripped off and yeah and the first main sketch is biggles dictates a letter we have talked about how Biggles is a book series that young British people at this time would have known. Yeah. Or I guess older British people because they would have read it as younger British people. Yes. I love the whole sketch, but my favorite part is again, Chapman, who is all, ooh, ooh, Cartesian. Ooh, aren't we grand? Yeah. Harlot's not good enough for us, eh? <laughs> Biggles is trying to dictate a letter and his, I guess, well, secretary then, admin assistant now, whatever. Yeah. Uh, who, by the way, is Nikki Howorth and actually got a credit in the end credits, which did not happen all that often with the little tiny bit players. Right. So but she had, she had quite a few lines, though, so that's probably why they gave her credit. Uh, could be. Could be. If you're ready to move on. I, I was just going to mention that the pantomime Princess Margaret shows up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to take out some of my notes of her because I've got her and a few coming up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, ready to move on, yeah. Right. Well, next sketch is called Climbing the North Face of the Uxbridge Road. Yes. And this is a wonderful, so we've talked about Graham Chapman being an actual avid mountain climber yep and they're doing the spoof on that by showing them climbing up the road because he's i'm guttering and laying back because he's using literally the, in the gutter in the gutter <laughs> using his fingers up the gutter and and then when they fall and fall down the street it is it's hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> uh. yeah the the next three i actually don't have anything on lifeboat old lady snoopers or storage charge i don't have anything till animation i've got something on the lifeboat one and we just talked about this in the in the, the 
the previous episode we talked about, she's stuffing a chicken with a cat. <laughs> wow, bring that your dad. But yeah, the lifeboat old lady snoopers and storage jars all kind of run together. And then the next one, TV's bad for your eyes, is one of my... <laughs> See? <I don't laughs> that is one of the best animations. <laughs> I, I wrote down my note as one of my favorite, but it's one of my favorite as a young man. I don't know if it is now that I know some of the things I've known now, but God, I love it. It's just the yeah. most hilarious an animation of an old middle-aged guy watching TV and the TV actually does the bad things everybody was warned about TV doing to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am good until the cheddar sketch. Uh, well, that's that's almost the next one. I, I did have something. The, the, the next sketch after the TV is bad for your eyes animation is the show so far, which whoever is paling or idle, one of them. And it, basically all he does is read through a synopsis kind of like what we're doing. <laughs> he reads through a synopsis of everything that's happened in the show to that point. And if I remember right, it even, it like, even up to the point where he's reading the synopsis, he, he, he mentions it. Uh, but yeah. The, the, the one after that uh, is the cheese shop sketch. Hey, hey Jody. Yeah. Do you have any metal genres? Do you have thrash? Um, no, we're fresh out power had some last week death mm, nope Nwabim. it's on order Nwabim? Nwabim is singularly the most popular <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the best you know they got the two perfect peoples cleese and palin <laughs> yes well it's it's a it's it's almost a sequel to the um to the dead parrot yeah. I mean, because it's the same premise as far as the, the, the usage of words, only this time it's just going through a list of cheeses <laughs> instead of a list of euphemisms for being dead. And, and I think, I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think this is another ep- uh, sketch where Cleese is playing Eric Praline, who was the character from the dead parrot sketch. And, and, and the whole time, the whole time they're doing this bit, Jones and Chapman are in the background doing a folk dance. <laughs> Somebody's playing this weird folk and being 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 doing this. <laughs> All right, so we'll get to that in a second. Yes. The beginning, Cleese walks in, shows him walking, comes in. You hear the music dancing, comes and goes, I was at the local bookstore and I thought I'd perambulate down and see if I had any lactose combustibles. <laughs> I would like some cheese. <laughs> I, I, the way I he have, says cheese. Yeah, I, I don't have the words in front of me, so I kind of made up what, yeah, but that's. <laughs> yeah, but the, the way he says cheese. Is just... <laughs> All right, so I will say a couple things. Uh huh. I love me some red luster. It's impossible to find outside of England, except in a couple rare cheese shops I found, like Cincinnati has one, Ohio. Okay. And even then, it's only there about a third of the time I go. <laughs> Let's me some red Lester, stout yeoman. <laughs> I know. And the barn, my daughter loves Jarlsberg cheese, which is another they mentioned. And I want to point it out, not only because of that, but because they pronounce it correctly with Jarlsberg here, as opposed to the Jarls saga. <laughs> yes. But anyway, yes, please. Uh, that, those are my notes until what you were saying. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I've got. Oh, okay. But yeah, you mentioned the people dancing and yeah, the music. And after, we'll just say Praline yeah. gets annoyed. He's like, uh, at the beginning, he's like, I hope you don't mind. He's like, no, this is wonderful. And towards the end, he's like, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I may have spit over myself there a little bit. Sorry about that. <clears throat> That's all right. You sneezed on yourself earlier. I still there. <laughs> no, no, just, yeah, just mm, save that one for later. <laughs> I want no hawking to all my later. <laughs> uh, would you like to go on to Sam Pickenpaw's salad days? Yep. <laughs> Everyone at the park dies horribly. <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> Salad Days is a 1954 musical. 
Uh-huh. Sam Peckinpah directed 1969, so when this came out, what, three years prior? Right. The Wild Bunch, known for, at the time, its extreme violence. Yes. And when you add those together of a 50s musical with a late 60s violent film, mm-hmm. this is one of my all-time favorites. It is, yes. And, the... and I don't know, it, it disturbed me and made me laugh as a young person. <laughs> like so much, like, so as when I saw this, I was an aspiring heavy metal god guitarist. Yeah. You know, we, we all see how that turned out, but nonetheless. <laughs> so the little piece where Cleese gets his hands chopped off while he's playing the piano was disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> but hilarious at the same time but hilarious it's just so <laughs> over it's so bouncy zippy fun with so much blood <laughs> and and pick and paul was known for his gratuitous use of blood so ian mcnaughton who we've talked about as the yes. director producer said the blood could not be overdone And the, and the, so I think I even mentioned at the beginning of this episode, or it could have been the James Bond episode we recorded earlier. I love a good mashup. Yes. And this is a great mashup of a 50s musical and a <laughs> late 60s bloody horror thing. It definitely, yeah. Oh, some viewers even thought it went too far, but Peck and Paul actually loved the sketch, supposedly, and showed it to his friends and family. And Peck and Paul later became a friend and drinking companion of Graham Chapman after Chapman had moved to Los Angeles in the late 1970s. Oh, that's funny. Yep. Said Peter Cook, recalling a drinking session with Chapman and Peter Cook, we've mentioned before too. <laughs> and Peter Cook, Chapman, Peck and Paul, and Keith Moon were heavily drinking as they brainstormed ideas for the movie Yellowbeard. <laughs> Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> Keith Moon? Keith Moon. Not He wasn't in this episode. This was later when they're trying to work out Yellowbeard. Helped out drinking with those Were they? Gentlemen. Was Chapman working on Yellowbeard that early, though? Because Moon died in like 78. So they were working on it in the late 70s. Okay, okay. Because that so, didn't come out until like 84. Right. So Series 3 was 72. Yeah. So the drinking of Chapman... Peck and Paul, Keith Moon, and uh, where to go? Peter Cook was yeah. in the late seventies. That's cool, though. I mean, that is all I have, except for one tiny apology that I can do in a moment. But I didn't uh, know what else you had. Well, they they run the end credits after that. Then there is another sketch called Apology, <laughs> and then uh, the the news with Richard Baker. There's a Seahorse interlude film. And then I don't know what your next note is, but I'm guessing it has to do with my last note as well. <laughs> uh, mine has to do with the apology, but I'm going to wait just a moment. Okay. Because I want to ask you if we're done with this episode. <laughs> yes. Do you have anything else at all? Yes. So we're not done. <laughs> would, would you like for me to do my, my, my police note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to fill time, because the episode was actually short of the normal running time, Cleese, dressed as a conquistador, on a seacoast, as the tide is coming in, yeah, is just standing there, talking to the audience <laughs> about this very fact that sometimes the show runs short and they need to fill time. <laughs> That's not breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Okay, that's all I've got. So, uh, all right. So, should we wrap up the episode? Yes. All right. So, you're good. Yes. We would like to apologize for this episode. <laughs> so, for both of us here, good night, sleep well, and have an absolutely super day tomorrow. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> yeah, I'm Pantomime James. I'm Pantomime Jody. Well, I was trying to say goodbye in Pantomime, but that doesn't work super well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. And you oh. make fun of some of the weird Japanese stuff I watch. <laughs> you made me watch some of the weird Japanese stuff you watch. 
I still have nightmares about the guy who has to sit on a sword to get an erection. It wasn't a sword, it was a ladle. Ladle, sword, pipe. I don't remember it <laughs> so much. He had, had to stimulate his prostate somehow. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> it does not have to go this far in. <laughs> if that's all you remember from that movie, though, that's kind of sad. <laughs> I remember bits and pieces, but that part disturbed me. <laughs> it, that part disturbs me, too. That is not my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> you know what I have besides the war on pornography? I don't know, but you should probably get it looked at. Well, speaking of that, I have the war on small bladders. <laughs> Sounds like you're losing. I, I lost. <laughs> you know what they say, we have faces for audio. <laughs>